Welcome everyone to the Aggregators and Brands show. Today, uh, myself, uh, hi, CEO of Iwadatguru, and uh, also my co-host, uh, Omar Angri, who is uh, heading the- Hi, market. how are you doing? And uh, today we have a, a great guest, a very interesting uh, zone, like, you know, it's something that most of the Amazon sellers and the brands ignore, and uh, they have a lot of struggle, and Ram, uh, will help us, you know, to understand more the supply chain uh, part of the equation on the e-commerce. Ram, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Hi. Thank you, Omar, for having me. Thank you. Oh, pleasure. So, tell us a bit about yourself, uh, what Silk is doing, you know, and how do things progress so far? Absolutely, man. Thank you. So um, Silk essentially is a service that offers brands, boots on the ground teams, and a platform to manage the supply chain. Uh, as, as pretty much most of, the, most of the merchandise that is sold in the United States, uh, majority of our customers' cargo is manufactured in another market, uh, typically somewhere in Asia. Uh, my personal experience, having grown up in India myself, having lived the life of running, my, fa my family has always been in manufacturing, uh, having lived in the factory environment, uh, being comfortable about, hey, how do we use the information over here to make sense of what's going to be getting ready on time, planning inventory, planning stockouts, uh, preparing for stockouts. All of that essentially is an experience that I hold from my past life. I moved uh, to the United States about 13 years ago, worked in transportation pretty much, moving the merchandise from factories to customers to warehouses in the United States. Uh, and that's when, you know, fortunately, I, I had a chance to work with a company called Flexport that I'm, I'm pretty sure most of your listeners would have heard of. Uh, if not, for those who have not, they're, they're, a, they're a freight forwarder, modern-day freight forwarder. Uh, having been an early part of the team, trying to match up my learnings, having grown up in India and the factory environment over there and the information that was available within the factory environment and as a shipping company, knowing that, hey, if I have access to that information, we could save customers tremendous amount of money right there's tremendous amount of planning and efficiencies because it's all about moving data uh sometimes i joke around at least you know in the world of supply chain customers have this illusion that they're in the business of moving merchandise and selling merchandise in reality they're moving data that's what you're doing uh you you are essentially connecting the dots you're telling the right people the right things at the right time to make sure the shipments move seamlessly the inventory moves seamlessly it's all about the information coming to you in a seamless way. So that's kind of what we do. Our, our customers come to us saying, hey, can you guys put people in the markets? I could really use an extra set of eyes, working closely with my factory, accelerating speed to market, you know, improving my quality, managing my shipments, letting me know what's happening. You know, Amazon sellers, uh, much like the entrepreneurs we are, are, are nimble, uh, they are, they're smart, they work hard, and they work a lot of times extra hard. There are, there are services out there that can make a lot more efficient, uh, that can help them achieve you know, 10x the revenue or growth that they expect uh, by leveraging these services, and we expect to be one of those services. As a business, uh, we've raised, we're a venture capital back. We've raised about $20 million in venture capital funding to date. Uh, the last round came from uh, F Prime. Uh, and Flexport Ventures, my previous company I used to work for. And we're leveraging all of that resources, our teams in five countries, China, India, Vietnam, Indonesia, Pakistan, and the technology platform we've built 
to help customers manufacture and produce merchandise. In the last 10 months, we've done about $10 million worth of production or, or, or management of, of merchandise being manufactured overseas. Uh, and we continue to see some robust growth. Uh, they still, uh, this is just the beginning. I, I agree with you, man. Oh. This is just the beginning because this is an area which is, uh, which is kind of like almost every Amazon uh, brand is, is blind. I'm not talking about like very large brands, like probably they have their own supply chain. But yeah. I mean, when I think about the brands that are doing, let's say between a million to $50 million a year, I mean, they just rely on, um, you know, like people that they don't know. Yeah. They have no visibility of the data. Everything yeah. even starts when they receive the goods, like when they receive the products in their uh, 3PL or, or, you know, their own warehouse. But until yeah. that moment, it's like, uh, it's like a, a blind date, you know, just like yeah. uh, pray to God, <laughs> you know, like yeah. the, the things that they... Uh, they order are the exactly the same things they they see the pictures which yeah. I ever I have seen so many times um, that you know the the entrepreneurs fail because what they get is not what they expect yeah. and also what they get is not the same quantity not the same quality um, that's a big issue that's a yeah. big issue and then you talk about the stuck out uh, which is kind of uh, one of the problems like um, as the Eva team, uh, when we um, we did any, we we kind of surveyed like 500 uh, mid market brands, um, and uh, you know there are like three problems today on on the Amazon side. Um, one is about advertising. The second one is about the profits. The third one is like the stack out and the inventory problems. Um, and uh, you know, the the supply chain is definitely the 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 biggest one because and it's the it's the um the the FBA and Amazon supply chain issue is just the tip of the iceberg but the real yeah. issue is the the entire chain yeah. know, of the supply yeah. so congratulations I'm pretty sure that you know the uh, after the race you guys will even do a lot more. Yeah. Um, so Omar, I mean, what about in Europe? Like, do you also kind of see uh, your customers uh, or the Amazon sellers having the same issues? I definitely, I can, I can see this already uh, for a long time, especially after COVID, um, where, where, where everything was, I mean, uh, directly focused on China. Yeah. Um, people have shifted, you know, people have yeah. shifted, people have shifted to other countries trying to trying to uh for example test out in india i mean india had obviously the same problem when the COVID was there but still you know there was a possibility of of trying other things out because yeah. you know anyway it was blocked so especially as well because we talk about aggregators aggregators need um the supply chain yeah. because there is it's, it's here where we where they really can make a difference you know it's not yeah. Um, the, the end product on Amazon, everyone needs to pay the fees. Everyone uh, has a certain uh, amount they have to uh, uh, sell the product for. But if we go to really to the source, as I already said, we go to the source, we, we, you know, we go to the supply chain, it's here where we, where we can really make changes and, and, and see what is the best for us, for example, for the Europeans, um, what is the best, how, how we can move our goods for the best uh, even 
I mean, okay, it's a bit far-fetched, but you can even take some, uh, some, some trucks, you know what I mean, and drive them through Europe instead of uh, putting them on a boat, you know, uh, customer clearance and everything. So I think the way how uh, supply chain is working at the moment, the traditional way, going from one country, uh, uh, having a, a manufacturer in one country, then take a boat, go around the world, and then bring it to the United States or to any European harbor, um, will change eventually, because yeah. there will be new ways, there will be cheaper ways, um, there will be different ways, maybe even manu manufacturing within, uh, around us, you know, because uh, Europe is big, um, Asia is big, so there's plenty of, plenty, plenty of places where we can actually um, manufacture more than just traditional products like plastic molding in China, you know, so the, 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 the possibility of supply chain, I mean, it's perfect timing for you. I'm not sure how you did it, but it's a perfect timing, you know, especially uh, uh, in the COVID times, you must have been very, very happy of uh, everything that is going on. And I'm sure it will, it will continue by connecting and by uh, connecting the, the pieces and especially looking at North Africa as well. Um, yeah. We have Egypt, which came, just came into the Amazon market, which is a very, very hot marketplace at the moment. And we have the rest, uh, we have Morocco as for, um, the jumping hop into the European Union as for uh, merchandise clearance uh, for the United States and the rest. So I think uh, brilliant times and uh, we don't really need the Far East so much if we look a little bit uh, uh, closer and we can even push out products for less price, you know? So yeah. I think yeah. it's perfect. Hi, what, what do you think about that, you know? I have a question to Rem because I just want to start with a business case. Let's see if Rem can help us. Uh, okay. So one of like, you know, one of the things that I'm like, um, really interested is to the sustainability element, because a lot of Amazon consumers, they are, um, they are sensitive to things like, you know, of course, if it is CPG, for example, they want the, the, the version without the animal protein, or, or if it is like uh, apparel business, then they want organic, uh, organically produced cotton or things like that. So the question is like ramp. And then even there are some new badges on Amazon, for example, if it is uh, carbon friendly or, or whatever, it's organically produced. And uh, obviously Amazon is looking for some certifications around that. But the first thing is like on the manufacturing side, that has to be done correctly, right? The, 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 the things need to be uh, produced correctly. So is this an area that you also kind of take care of, like, uh, for example, organically produced um, um, apparel? Like how Absolutely. do you make sure that uh, the right cotton is used? Absolutely, phenomenal question. Uh, actually, I wanted to address one thing Omar said, and I'll quickly jump to this right after that. One thing about, uh, you know, COVID, um, COVID's had, you know, both short-term and long-term impacts on just our business and every supply chain. In the short-term, what COVID's done is, hey, I can't travel. I can't go see my supplier. Sure. I don't know where my factories are. Uh, I don't know what's happening. And I'm pumping a lot of money into this. Every, every Amazon business thrived because pretty much all the money that was spent on the service economy moved to the product economy during the pandemic. So it was just acute. People needed somebody on site. But long term, like Omar, you pointed out, there's been a lot of migration. It's all about trying different supply chains. They don't want to put all the eggs in one basket. So we've seen a lot of that happen. Uh, to your point, yes, um, you know, 
MENA is really starting to look up. Middle East, North Africa is starting to look up right now for plenty of companies, even US-based companies, uh, because there are one, there are plenty of duty, customs duty benefits that a lot of countries are duty free in, in, in that region. Uh, and, 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 you know, the challenge that continues to face most companies, and this will continue to be the case for a little while longer, China, leaving China is not an easy task. Uh, the expertise <laughs> sure, sure. and uh, the, 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 the diversity of raw materials and engineering available to kind of develop products continues to live in China. China, Japan, Taiwan, and Korea for the most part, you know, CPG goods as Korea. But if you're trying to, you know, replicate a product, you've done this over, over and over again, and now you're moving production to a more efficient market, you know, MENA makes a lot of sense and a lot of customers are doing that and we've been helping them do it. Now, uh, coming to your question, hi, uh, organic uh, products, absolutely. I think it's, we're at a time where everybody is interested at some point, every brand is getting into it. So much so to the point where, hey, is greenwashing a thing? Like, are we, are we, are we overselling the whole organic piece uh, to a certain point? And uh, the answer is exactly what you were asking about, right? You need to be able to certify this, that yes, this was actually organic, not for the sake of calling it organic, but it was actually produced organically. And uh, we essentially comply by certain regulations. So there's wrap certification, there's GOTS certification. So specifically for apparel, uh, there's something called GOTS certification. That is the, 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 the organization, the body that, that essentially certifies cotton from the time it's raised in the farm all the way to when it's made into a fabric and a garment and sold. Uh, you carry that license. We audit for that license all through the supply chain, all the way back to the farmer. There are a couple other variants like this. There's something called BCI, um, Better Cotton Initiative. And uh, there's obviously fair trade, which is probably the best of the best in terms of, hey, you know, you're not only buying organic, you're also paying fair wages to everybody in the supply chain. So we work with customers across the spectrum to do these three things. And the way we do it is we essentially have a trail, an audit trail that goes all the way to the farm. And this is only possible because we have a team on site. This is not something that you just ask off of emails and you get it and you hope things are right. There is a specific set of expertise you need to make sure that you're able to ask the right questions, able to track back the chain all the way to the start. And that's, we do, we do a tremendous amount of work in that space. Makes a lot of sense. And I think that's the future especially in the e-commerce, like people think that the e-commerce consumer is just looking at the price uh, and yeah. that's correct <laughs> because we are the pricing company. So yeah. we know that it's correct, but at the same time, they, they look at first, like it's not exactly that they look at the cheapest option or the cheapest price. Now, what I'm seeing is the consumers are looking at fair trade, organic, like carbon uh, neutral and yeah. uh, even amazon is giving these badges to the products and first they look at it and then they they buy the cheapest option maybe on and it's very hard to get you know yeah. yeah super hard to get you know these these uh, these 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 badges what you just mentioned you know i right. mean yeah. like from the governments for example i think in us it's a bit easier to get than in, in europe you know but europe trust me it's uh uh, it's not so easy. It's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. 10 Europeans need to come together. Everything is a consensus <laughs> in Europe. At the end, 
Hungary comes and says no, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, Germany says, yeah, okay. And then France says no, okay. Then you no, can only send it in Germany. Yeah, exactly. So, Rem, of course, this um, our um, podcast is more about the uh, the brand strategies, which I think, you know, a lot of brands now kind of like the, the, the lights are coming with, you know, to them, like they see the light, you know, there is a different way of like managing the whole supply chain. In terms of aggregators, um, you know, they are just like busy acquiring in that acquisition mode, except yeah. like maybe two or three, like uh, Trust, IO, Elevate brands. I think they are more now streamlining the operations in the consolidation phase. Yeah. Um, but I am not really sure if they are really looking at uh, the supply chain optimization here. Um, yeah. What's your view? I'm, are you not know, yet, you know? Not yet, but they, they will definitely look into that because that's extremely important, you know, to have, um, you know, kind of a company like you uh, and uh, who can manage the whole supply chain. Are, are you working with aggregators right now? We are engaged with a bunch of aggregators at this point. We, we, we've started working with a bunch of brands who essentially you know, are, are under this whole aggregated umbrella at this time, uh, both in Europe and in the US uh, and Canada for that matter. Uh, we are seeing a tremendous amount of effort that is going into what I consider to be the sell side of the equation, which is right. basically, hey, once the inventory hits my warehouse, how quickly am I turning it? You know, I'm, uh, what, what's my ranking? Am I pulling up? Am I getting in my buy box? All of that stuff essentially is where a lot of the optimization on the aggregator side has been happening. Uh, typically, it's been to a point where, hey, they bought the brand because the quality was good. They bought right. the brand because it was brand recognition. So a lot of times they're like, hey, I've not gone into making it cheaper because hey, that's there, there's a bigger amount of money that is on the sell side of the equation, which is which is what they've been chasing. But very quickly, they're realizing at least the pandemic has been the realization that actually, you know what, the buy side of the equation is where the money is. Uh, that's where the efficiencies are, and that could completely disrupt your business. Uh, so there's been a, a, a slow seismic shift in starting to think about, hey, how do you buy better? How do you kind of you know buy into your uh, efficiencies at scale? Uh, so there's been some traction. I wouldn't say that there's been none, at least the customers and the, and, and the aggregators we work with, they've started to talk about saying, hey, you know, can we start clustering factories? We don't want to just, you know, go from Kunming to, to Shanghai to, to Beijing. Like, we want to start clustering factories because we want to consolidate our merchandise. Uh, any freight forward or any shipping company you talk to with this all will tell you consolidations is the best way to go. You want to get a full container and you want to consolidate cargo, different kinds of cargo, maximize utilization. That's the only way you can get a break on prices, definitely in this market. But in general, all the times, you know, consolidation is the way to go. And aggregators are starting to invest in it. Uh, I, I can't still name names. I'm working with some of the bigger, bigger marketplaces and aggregators at this time. Uh, and you know, we're starting to go into all the brands they essentially manage in the hundreds at this point, who all essentially want to be able to say, hey, every week, this container leaving Shanghai, I want four cubic meters of space because I have enough cargo, I'll be able to match it. And that's how they're bringing efficiencies. We're starting to help with a lot of that for a number of these companies. Right. I mean, no, that's incredible. And I think it will continue. So just to clarify one point, and also it will be important for the brands, 
You yeah. mentioned that the consolidation of the freight, and I know that, you know, because of we work with a lot of brands and one of the yeah. problem is like uh, how to basically, you know, have the best price uh, when uh, importing from China or India. So are you also taking care of that uh, freight consolidation? Is this something that you also kind of cover? So we partner up. So this is, you know, the, 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 so this is the business that I built at Flexport private, prior to starting Silk. Uh, when I was at Flexport, I essentially built Flexport's consolidation business from the first container on to when I left over about 200 containers a week, uh, coming from Asia into the US and Europe. We'd buy containers in every major port, sell space within the container to whoever wanted it. A lot of Amazon sellers, over 50% of my customers at that point were Amazon sellers. Um, so this is something I'm intimately familiar with. I know the efficiencies are there. Uh, but essentially building a network from scratch, at least during the pandemic, at the current situation, the way supply chains are, uh, did not seem like the best use of our time. We felt that, hey, talk to any customer. How do you make sure that the cargoes all match up? Essentially, the stars align. So I fill up my box has been the biggest challenge. Like that's what they really need help with. Uh, there are plenty of players who have already significant leverage with the ocean carriers to get the containers. So we partner with people who can get the containers, make sure it gets on the vessel. So we do everything that comes before that. So we plan shipments, we execute, we partner with the freight forwarders. We coordinate all of that, obviously, and we get the cargo into a container and get it shipped out at an optimal price for you. Uh, but we partner up with companies who have leverage. Uh, I'm sure everybody knows there's a hundred ships parked outside Los Angeles right now. Uh, and I mean, Amazon aggregators are probably some of the uh, Amazon you know, sellers are some of the most real people I've seen. So let's be real with each other. It's all about leverage at this point. It's about, hey, who you know, how are you going to get your container on? What is the weight that you carry with ocean carriers? It's, it's, that's what matters. Let's all be real with each other. And so we work with people who have that kind of leverage. Uh, and my experience in that industry helps a lot there. It makes okay, sense. and how do you how do you handling the clearance afterwards? Because I've seen um, obviously when especially when there was the Brexit in uh, in Europe, and the boats arrived, they couldn't arrive anymore in uh, uh, in the UK, so they sent them directly into a, a German port. Um, and obviously in Germany, it's a bit hard uh, for yeah. the clearance, and there were many many uh, issues going on. The merchandise was sent back, merchandise was destroyed. Because of simple, uh, uh, a paper was not uh, in each and every uh, a carton. Yeah. You know? So how how do you handle that? Do you do you have partners over there who is actually doing this, or do you do this yourself? Yeah, this is something again. Uh, I'm I'm very very painfully aware of right with with VATs with fiscal representation for U.S. based brands who don't have you you know European representation. You need a fiscal representative representative. Yes. Otherwise, you're pretty much washing out on the VAT, which is. 18 to 28%, depending on what you're selling, uh, which is a significant <laughs> amount of money uh, yes, for bronze. So when that happens specifically, yes, we've, we've been, and literally when I say we've been on that boat, we've been on that boat of containers that, did, that got turned away, uh, quite literally. So the way it works is, yes, we work with, we essentially have teams of people who, who essentially connect you with, uh, with fiscal representatives. So let's say you're a US-based brand, you're starting to sell merchandise in European marketplaces, you need to start holding inventory at the FBA center in Europe. How are you going to do that? You essentially have to register, uh, partner with a fiscal representative. That company essentially acts as an importer, but for a fee, they have a bond, you have to pay for a bond and they will represent you 
you will import the goods and they will make sure that, hey, we're the fiscal representative, but the legal liabilities, if God, God forbid something bad happens, is in this company and is a provision for that. The most preferential country in Europe to do this is, is Netherlands. That's where you want to be. And the second most preferential country for you want to do this is probably Germany, in Europe specifically. Uh, but the most friendly, the most, uh, the least invasive way is Netherlands. And we have a setup there to essentially assist with this. Okay. Okay. Nice. That's it. good information, really. Thank you. I mean, that was really amazing, you know, talking about the supply chain part. So if we go back to the brands, uh, maybe, um, and we are coming to the end of our, our podcast, uh, maybe you can tell us, like, what's your recommendation to the brands? Like, what do you think yeah. we should look at? Uh, yeah, and why should they consider to work with Silk? Yeah, yeah. So thank you, thank you for this. Uh, so essentially, you know, bronze. If if you are a if you're a brand buying merchandise twenty five years ago, twenty years ago, you worked with a sourcing agent. There wasn't an internet that you know. There wasn't an Alibaba. There wasn't Jack Jack Ma with his billions, uh, you know, with the platform that we have today. Uh, back then, it used to be sourcing agents. There was no transparency. It was completely built on trust. And then eventually things moved into the web world. You have Alibaba, you have plenty of other aggregators over there and continues to be run on trust. And so let's be very clear, this, relation, this, this business is built on trust, built on relationships. Technology is just an essentially an assisting tool. It, it guides you to make sure you move things along, but it's a relationship-based business. So keep people at the center of your solution. You need to keep, you need to have uh, that, that human element because you're selling goods at the end of the day that you want consumers to buy. Uh, so either have your own, have, have a team, somebody, you know, somebody you work with somebody who is an expert and not just a friend who can go look at something and say, this is good or bad. Uh, somebody who can be very objective to work with your factory, uh, somebody with supply chain experience, ideally to work closely with the factory, because let's face it, everything begins at the factory data origination begins at the factory, what you're making, when you're going to ship it, where is it being made? Where is it going? All of this is what defines everything that comes after. That final dollar that goes into your net revenue banking comes, it all begins here. So make sure you're tracking this closely, start investing time, start aggregating data, work with partners who can do this for you. We'd be happy to help you guys if this is interesting. If not, we'll make recommendations if we're not in those countries. But pay, pay attention to start aggregating data because there's tremendous amount of automation coming up, tremendous amount of efficiencies coming down the chain because of the work that you're doing at the factory. That would be my advice. Uh, thank you. Great. Everyone needs it actually, you know, because, you know, you need to produce and you need to have yeah. the supply chain in general up to the end customer. So um, let's say this way, it will be always there. It will never go away. So I think it's uh, the perfect business uh, actually uh, you're in at the moment. And as well, because you help people, you know, it's, uh, it's what we all um, do. What we do is to help others, you know, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great. perfect. I like the, you know, especially one of the key things here is like to have the people on these yeah. countries. They yeah. know the culture. They yeah. can and visit the factory. I mean, it's real and it's real. And, you know, we always talk about AI technology, but there is a limitation, you know, like, yeah. with that. like you, need yes, to, you, need to, you need to know like what's yeah. going on. Yeah. So, um, I mean, Rem, thank you very much for the time. 
We really cool. appreciate it. And hey, thank uh, you, Ram. Forward to you know working with you. So thank you. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hi. Thank you, Omar. Hi. Hi. Hi.